My name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right on the bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind, have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head first Moses. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening to me. It's me, Anja Karwowska, talking to you from Canadian-American border. I hope you're doing well today because today's episode will be very, very short, but also juicy. Why? Because we're talking about metacognition. So you, you may ask, what is metacognition? Well, in a nutshell, it's thinking about your own thinking. Think of this. Think of this as there is a surgeon, he had a very difficult surgery, right? He's coming back home or she's coming back home or they are coming back home and they're thinking, what did they do? What could they have done better, right? This or that. This is metacognition. That's thinking about your own thinking. So it, it is a quick definition, but metacognition allows people to take charge of their own learning because it involves awareness of how you learn. So learners often show like increased confidence when they build the metacognition because it feels like you're in charge. You know what you're doing and that's all about metacognition. So um, there are two processes when we talk about metacognition. There is a knowledge of cognition, which has three components. Knowledge of the factors that influence your own performance, knowing different types of strategies that you can implement, right? And knowing which strategy would work for you best. For example, I know that I work best in my peak. So if I am supposed to do something that is, um, for me, demanding, I do it in the morning. So I'm recording this podcast in the morning because I find it challenging, right? Or I prepare my classes or I write my articles or work on a research in the morning. In the evening, for example, I tend to read a book or do something that's less demanding, more relaxing. But people are different. That's just an example. The second part is regulation of cognition. So it's setting goals and I cannot state it enough. Do set goals. If once you learn to differentiate between long and short term goals, once you learn to hold yourself accountable for your progress, yeah, having a coach helps a lot, but in the end, as this does not work, you have to take charge. So that's number two, setting goals. Then evaluating your own regulation. So for example, evaluating strategies. Let's say I study in the afternoon or in the late evening when I'm really quite tired, mostly not in the mood and sometimes even cranky. And then I use the metacognition and I think, has it helped? Or maybe it has not. So this is the metacognition. This is the part when, when you think about your own learning, you think, oh, that works for me. That, uh-uh, it doesn't work. So this is when you are responsible for your own progress. And that's the beginning of a beautiful learning journey. So how can we improve metacognition? 
So, of course, we can improve metacognition by retrieval practice and spaced practice or spaced study. So, retrieval is again trying to attempt to retrieve record the information to the answer that you may not be sure about. So, instead of checking instantly, just try to exercise your brain. Space practice or space study refers to short periods of practice spread over time. So you do not study for hours, let's say, okay? You do not uh, cram two days before the exam, you study for 10-15 minutes, take a break, the next day 10-15 minutes, or you study for an hour, take a day break, and then two days after you come back to the study, when, the, when your practice is spread over time, it really yields results because not only when you, you sit down, right, and you, you reflect on the information, right, your practice will recall, which boosts your memory. So it's like a win-win situation. So for example, what if you cannot reflect on the information, right? You can make predictions about the concepts that you're learning. You can remind yourself about the material, right? I also use sticky notes, for example. So let's say that you're um, preparing for your Okay, let's stick maybe with the IELTS exam. <laughs> I know it may be boring. So let's say that um, you're preparing for IELTS exam and you sit down to reading part, which can be challenging, especially in IELTS academic for many students. Different reasons, I'm, I will not dive into the Greek and Latin roots right now. We'll just talk about the strategy. So you sit down to the reading part, right? You find it challenging. Let's say that the article you read is about what it is. Why what it is? Because once yeah, I, I came across such an article and it was from IELTS Academy. It was indeed very interesting. So, sorry for segueing. So, you sit down, you see that article, and oh darn it, oh, what it is. I'm not a botanist, right? I'm not David Attenborough. I don't have that appreciation of nature. But you have to read it, you have to answer questions. You have to use the sub-strategies and sub-skills, right, to answer the questions correctly. So, what you do, you have a sticky note and you write down what was your prediction before you read the text? Then you read it. If you struggle, you write down what did you struggle with. So read the text, for example, you came across words that might be key words, but for the life of university, you cannot retrieve it. So A, you try to retrieve it. You try to come back to it. If everything fails, you write on the sticky note what was your biggest struggle, and then you come back because then it will go into your memory. It will go to your working memory and then you go to your long-term memory when you retrieve it you remember that phrase that's that simple you also what you can do once let's say you've completed that reading part right you took for example maybe one attempt or two attempts or three finally you nailed it you, you use all the sub skills and you know the keywords you don't stress and what you can do is think about or note it down what you have learned from that article or maybe from that exercise, what it has taught you. What questions do you have? Is there anything in the reading part that has to be clarified? Or maybe there are some concepts, or maybe there are some phrase words, maybe some idioms, maybe there are some sub-skills that you couldn't use and you want to reflect on it. That's the metacognition. That's the metacognition is building a habit of asking questions. So you build a habit of asking questions. The more you ask, then do not, do not confuse metacognition with inquiry-based learning, which is a different thing. Inquiry-based learning has some fallacies that I will discuss in a different episode. So this is, what, this, this is the metacognition. 
you record your own thinking, you, you tap into your skills, maybe they were hidden somewhere, maybe you know that phrase, maybe you just didn't remember it right now. And with metacognition, it doesn't have to be like super explicit. You don't have to like write like a huge poster, right? Jotting down all the strategies that you used, or maybe you didn't use and you will use next time. No, you can really just take a calendar, journal, whatever, and write it down. Because the more you ponder, the more questions you ask, the more you negate things, the more, the more you're curious, the more you're critical the better learner you are. When I say be a critical consumer of knowledge, this is what I mean. Be a very critical consumer of knowledge. Not only because we all have to be critical, because we flooded with information. It is information that is bonkers. It really makes no sense. Or sometimes it's biased or this um, it does not hold any statistical value, value but also use metacognition so that you can boost your own learning process. That's why being critical consumer really helps. And as I said, retrieval and spacing really helps when it comes to metacognition, right? And metacognition is not something that you have to do like for an hour. Even if you're preparing for an exam, even if it's not English, maybe you're studying English in a different country, maybe you're um, at a university somewhere, abroad in Canada, you say Britain, UK, I mean, Britain is UK, let's say, UK or Ireland or wherever, you name it, and you have to prepare, like we're preparing for a test, for example, you have, I don't know, developmental psychology or history, whatever, right? You can use metacognition there as well, because it applies to all the learning process and break it down to small, tangible steps. So don't spend an hour. You know, you don't have to turn into Socrates, like, you know, being a great philosopher and pondering all the questions of the universe. No, just that five, ten minutes or maybe even if, if five is too challenging, make it two, okay? Let's compromise, make it two, and really will turn your life around. Create the habit of questioning everything. That is metacognition, my friend, and it really helps. So when it comes to metacognition, you can also use some very down-to-earth, simple strategies that will help you. So I said sticky notes, right? Have that sticky note plastered to anything you're working on, right? And write those little questions. Maybe you're struggling with something you don't understand. You need to come back or maybe you have, want to think about your own presumptions. Do it. Then what you also can do is, obviously you will not have a debate with yourself, but you can try. What you can do, for example, is to use mind mapping. So mind mapping is another great metacognition strategy. It's also like a graph, kind of graphic organizer when you map your existing knowledge. You can map also your questions or your queries or your reflections on your own learning process. So that's an amazing and a very useful thing when it comes to metacognition. When you're even learning, try to map out what you know, what you don't know, what you're curious about, and then come back five minutes after and question it. Think about your own reflections, reflect on your learning in a form like of a it doesn't have to be a mind map, of course. You can like write it down, you can make a mind board, take a piece of paper um, or even a board, a writing board, and map it out. Map out all your questions. That is really beneficial. So, if you're listening to this message, that means that you have listened to my podcast. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. 
if you have any questions or if you like this episode maybe you want more episodes like this or maybe you want some different episodes please let me know because i'm making that podcast for you obviously i want to share my knowledge and a little bit of expertise however I'm more than happy to produce an episode on a topic that you would find more interesting when it comes to language learning and neurodiversity. And I also wanted to tell you that I'm preparing something very, very juicy. So on the 5th of September, I will be running a webinar which is called Breakthrough B2. So it's for language learners, English language learners who are stuck at the B2 level and they cannot break through to C1 or C2. So I'll be talking how to get unstuck with the use of cognitive science and evidence-based methods. The link will appear in the episode description as well. And thank you for sending me all the DMs and questions. I really appreciate it. It makes my work feel worthwhile. So because I got lots of DMs asking me about English spelling and how to learn English if you are a dyslexic person, Hold on to your braces. Next week we'll have a whole episode on structured word inquiry. So I explain and I prove to you that English spelling is logical. It makes sense in a nutshell. And I'll show you how the language changed, why we have irregular verbs. I'll give you tools that you can utilize in learning English and in approaching reading text if you are a dyslexic person. Hoping to talk to you soon and have a lovely day, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to me. Have a great day. Bye.